Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. Hey, welcome to this week's Baldhead Bible Podcast, and I'd just like to encourage you, if you enjoy this podcast, to please consider supporting us. Go to our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash baldheadbible, and there you'll see different levels that you can support us at. It isn't much. I'm not trying to get rich off of this or anything like that, but you can support us for the mighty amount of $1 a month. $1 a month, which comes to $12 a year. And what do you get for that? Well, you get access to the Baldhead Bible Podcast after show, Waxing the Dome. It's a 10-minute show where I'll be talking about various things, and I'll probably be, number one, talking about extra content that I wasn't able to get at about the character for this week, and I'll throw in some things that I just ran out of time to talk about and wasn't able to fit in the show, or or number two, I'll be interviewing some really cool people, some theological friends I have or pastoral friends I have who can give us some insight on the book or the character we're going through that week. Or finally, I'll just interview some really cool people that are just fun to meet. Or maybe I'll just chat about stuff. But it's just for supporters of the podcast. It's going to be a 10-minute show. Our premiere episode is free. So check it out, Baldhead Bible Podcast after show waxing the dome but starting this week it's only going to be accessible to our supporters so for a dollar a month you get access to this 10 minute after show podcast which will be a lot of fun but if you want to go higher you can support us for three dollars a month and there you get the after show waxing the dome as well as a sticker We've created some Bald Head Bible merch, if you'd like to look at it that way, and I will mail you a sticker if you join for $3 per month. And our highest level is $5 a month, and there you get the Bald Head Bible podcast after show waxing the dome. Plus, secondly, you get a sticker. Plus, thirdly, you get the ability to download a PDF, and it'll be a series of questions that you can use to think through the story in the podcast. You could use these questions as a way to have devotions with your family or use it with your Bible study group. And I'll try to throw in, if I can, a little crossword puzzle that maybe your kid and you can fill in as you listen to the podcast. So... You get that if you join at $5 per month. So think about supporting the podcast. You can support us, again, easily for $1 a month. It's called the Buzz Cut. Or you can join us at $3 a month, which is called Shaved. You're getting closer to the bald goodness. And then the highest level, $5 a month. And that's called True Baldy. 
You have reached true bald head Bible perfection. So I'd encourage you to think about it. Um, it costs me some money to put this podcast on. But of course, you don't have to join at all. And you can just listen to the main podcast, which will always be free. And I want to get the message of the Bible and the excitement of Scripture out there. So do not worry. That will always be free. But if you'd like to think about supporting us, go once again to patreon.com forward slash baldheadbible or just go to patreon.com and search baldheadbible. And I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life, featuring the expository story preaching of Dr. John Katzian. Ruth stopped Naomi. She said, my kinsman redeemer? What, what are you talking about? Now remember last time we left them, Naomi realized that she felt like she came to Bethlehem empty-handed, that God was dealing bitterly with her and her name should have been Mara. But now, after hearing about how Ruth made friends with Boaz and how Boaz has just showed Ruth this Moabite woman generosity upon generosity and I think it's beginning to dawn upon Naomi that Boaz likes Ruth and and this isn't just a random happenstance and it's not just sheer luck that Ruth picked Boaz's field no this is from God and I can imagine a big smile comes across Naomi's face and she's starting to realize her, her sorrow is about to be lifted because Boaz could be Ruth's and Naomi's kinsman redeemer. I can imagine Ruth is grabbing her mother-in-law and saying, what in the world is a kinsman redeemer? Or, or maybe the Moabites had their own version of it. I don't know, but... I can imagine Naomi turns around and smiles at her and says, I think we have a future, Ruth. I think we have a hope. See, in Deuteronomy chapter 25, you hear and see and read about the kinsman redeemer. And see, back in those days, they didn't have Social Security. They didn't have 401ks. They didn't have pension plans. The only way for you to be taken care of was by your children. And so you and your husband would produce children, and then your children would take care of you and your old age, and all your land and all your property would pass on to them. Well, if a woman, if her husband died and they had no son, the goal in Old Testament law was to keep that woman and the property connected with her within the family. And so in Deuteronomy chapter 25, the rule was if a woman had a husband who died and they had no children and she now was a widow, the family had to raise up a kinsman redeemer, which was... The nearest relative who didn't have a wife would then become her husband. 
and then they would then have children, and then they would be taken care of. And he's the kinsman. It's within your kin. And he's redeeming her in the sense that he's providing for her future. And Naomi realized this is their way forward. And Boaz is a relative to Naomi, and and Boaz could become Ruth's new husband, and thus Ruth's kinsman redeemer, and then any children that come out of Boaz's and Ruth's marriage, Naomi would be their grandmother, and, and then she'd have a future, and she'd have offspring through Ruth. This is going to be wonderful. And Naomi thought, Boaz clearly likes Ruth. Boaz has noticed her. So we come to chapter 3, and, and Naomi says, All right, Ruth, I need you to dress up, and I need you to smell nice. And it says they anoint her with oil, and they put a cloak over her, which basically is this big covering cloth. So she's beautiful underneath, and you know she's got nice clothes underneath, but she's got this big cloak over the top to protect her, to, to, to hide her, because she wants to sneak up to Boaz. She doesn't want to just back in those days, a woman couldn't just go up to a man and go, hey, let's go out. Let's go down to Burger King on a date because that's the best place to take anybody on a first date, Burger King or McDonald's, you know. But back then you couldn't do that. No, the man had to approach you. Marriages were arranged. It was this whole big deal. But Naomi and Ruth came up with a plan. Now they heard that Boaz was threshing the wheat that night. See, what they would do is they would harvest all these stalks of grain and then they'd take them to this big circular area that was usually up on a hill where the wind would blow through and they would take these big stalks of grain and they would take them in these claws and they would shake them. And they would shake either a whole lot of them with lots of cloths or they would do them individually and they would separate the wheat, the stuff they wanted, from the chaff. Now the chaff was lighter and it would raise up and that wind would take the chaff and it would blow away and the wheat would fall to the ground in this cloth. And so as you shook the wheat in this cloth, all the chaff would blow away and the stalks would blow away. And what would be left is this wheat. And basically, Boaz and his men were at the threshing floor, working hard, separating the wheat from the chaff. And Naomi and Ruth knew that. And Naomi said, hey, you've got to get up there. Tonight, you've got to go to him and let him know that you like him and that you are interested in him becoming your kinsman redeemer. Because through me, Naomi's saying, through me, Ruth, he's your nearest relative. He, he can become your kinsman redeemer and you like him and he likes you. You've got to go tonight. And so they're making her up and they're making her look fine. And they're dressing her up, but they're covering it all with a big cloak. A woman back then was pretty vulnerable, especially what she's going to do. She's going to travel at night up to this threshing floor. Well, Boaz and his men are busy threshing, but as the night drags on, they're done. 
and they've got these piles of weed everywhere, and they start to celebrate. This is good news. This is food for the harvest. This is food for the coming winter. This will feed them. This is awesome. And so they celebrate, and they partied, and they danced, and they played music, and then at the end of it all, they would sleep by the grain. And it basically says in chapter 3 that Boaz partied till he was merry in heart, and then he laid down by the grain. Now, why would you do that? Well, a threshing floor is usually outside of the city limits. It's away from where people live. And thieves and robbers would probably come in and take that grain. So once you threshed it, you had to sleep by it to protect it. Plus, you just partied, and he didn't want to go too far. And so here's Boaz. He lays down, and he falls asleep by his grain, thanking Yahweh for his provision. Because remember, he's a righteous man. And he's a good man. And he he knows all good things come from Yahweh, from the Lord. And he's celebrating the goodness of God. And he falls asleep. Well, Ruth comes in the dark. Like I said, she is looking fine. She has done her hair. She is smelling nice. But she is covering it all with a cloak. Because she wants to hide in the dark. And maybe she watches the party from a distance from one of the heaps of grain. And... And then she sees where Boaz falls asleep. And it says she goes over to him at midnight. Around that time, she goes over. And she sees him laying on the ground, sleeping. And he's got a blanket over him. Because it's cold out there, you know. And so it's sort of a blanket that would keep him warm. And she looks at him. She knows he's a good man. And he's probably a handsome dude, and she likes the guy. You know, I'm sure she's attracted to him. And and so what Ruth does is probably the strangest pickup line I've ever heard of. Today, if you like somebody, you just go up to them and say, Hey, you want to go out for some coffee? It seems like everybody goes for coffee these days. You want to go for some coffee? Do you want to go for a frappuccino somewhere? And then you go out on a date and you walk around and you get to know each other. Or maybe you Facebook stalk them and you meet. But you you can let people know that you like somebody. But back then, Ruth was powerless in this situation. Most marriages were arranged. And as a woman, you didn't just tell somebody that you liked them. This was a way different time. But... She wanted to convey to Boaz, I want you to be my kinsman redeemer. Essentially, she's saying, I like you. Be my husband. How is she going to do that? Well, Naomi and Ruth have this plan. And so she comes up to Boaz, laying down at night. And nobody else is around. It's completely dark. Maybe the embers of a little fire are starting to fade so she can see that that is Boaz. So she comes up to him and she's got this big cloak over her. And she comes up to him. And then she lays down at his feet. So imagine he's laying down, you know, his head face up, his feet down under this cloak. 
and she lays down on his feet. They look like a big letter T. And as she laid down at his feet, it says she removed the cloak from his feet. Whoop, pulled it back. Now, why would you do that? Well, if your cloak is covering your feet and you're nice and warm and then all of a sudden the cloak is off your feet and your toes are getting cold and it says that Boaz began to tremble. He woke up. He's like startled. What? My feet are freezing. And he sees a woman laying at his feet. Strangest thing ever. I would be like, what? I would start to yell and scream and there's somebody laying at my feet. This is freaky. But Boaz sits up and he's startled. Oh, what in the world is... And then he notices it's Ruth. It's beautiful Ruth. It's that beautiful Moabite woman he just met. And Ruth raises up and she opens her cloak and she lays it over him and she basically says this to him. She says... As God, Yahweh, covers us with his wings, I, I want you to cover me with your wings of mercy. I, I want you to cover me with your wings of kindness. And she says specifically, I am Ruth, your servant. Spread your wings over your servant, for you are a redeemer. And she's basically saying to him, you are my kinsman redeemer. And she's taking a big risk here. Number one, she's coming all dressed and smelling nice and looking good. She's trusting that Boaz is a man of integrity and Boaz isn't going to assault her or take advantage of her. Number two, what if he rejects her? What, what if he doesn't want to be her kinsman redeemer? But I think she saw something about Boaz. And, and it says he's a righteous man. And Naomi herself basically says, I can trust Boaz. He won't mistreat you, you know. And they both felt that Boaz is a righteous, kind man who follows Yahweh. And he's going to do the right thing. But still, what if, what if he rejects her? And so here I can imagine Ruth opens her cloak, reveals her beautiful clothing and her beautiful hair, and says, will you be my redeemer? And Boaz, just startled out of sleep, looks at her, and a big smile breaks across his face. And he says, yes, as the Lord lives, I will redeem you. He doesn't keep her waiting. He doesn't play hard to get. He doesn't flirt back. No, he basically says, yes, I will redeem you. Please, I will redeem you. Yes. Oh, that must have brought such joy to Ruth's heart. But, says Boaz, and there's always a but, isn't there? But. Before I can redeem you, before our love can ever come to completion, there's a closer relative to you than me. And he might want you. 
and, and he might agree to be your redeemer. And I can't legally become your kinsman redeemer until this relative that is closer to Naomi and to you than me says no. But lay at my feet till morning and, and I'll protect you and I'll watch over you. I will redeem you if I can, but I've got to check with that other relative first. And Ruth lays down again. She likes Boaz. Boaz is kind. Boaz will redeem her. But I wonder if she's a little scared. But what if this other relative who she doesn't even know wants her instead? And Well, Boaz wanted her to lay at his feet until morning because for him to send her back now, it's dark. It's dangerous. It's not good for a woman to be alone at night. Remember, there during the time of the judges when bad things happened, when people did what was right in their own eyes. Well, I can imagine it was becoming at you know three or four in the morning, and he, he says to her, "Hey, wake up, wake up!" So he wakes her up, and he says, "I want you to leave before the servants wake up, before others see you around here. I, I want you to to get out of here because I want to protect your reputation. I don't want people to think bad of you. But listen, before you go, he gives her six measures of barley, and he, maybe he." put it in a bag and gave it to her and another bag that's two measures and another bag that's three measures and they put it inside her cloak and he says I want you to take these six measures of barley and I want you to leave with something good please hide it in your garment your big cloak take it back to Naomi now, the interesting thing is, some people believe each measure would have been about 10 pounds worth of barley. So, Ruth is walking and taking back with her 60 pounds worth of barley. I keep thinking Ruth not only was beautiful, she could lift. 60 pounds is not light. That's pretty heavy. You know, carrying that stuff all the way back home. They say they pro she probably put it in some big basket and put it on her head. And she had to carry lug home 60 pounds worth of barley. And she comes home and she hands it to her mother-in-law. And the mother-in-law looks at it, and Ruth says, he, he didn't want me to go back empty-handed, so he gave me the six barley. And again, this would feed them for many months to come. But then Ruth told her about this other kinsman who might want her. And Naomi's like, let's, let's wait. And we're going to find out. And I'm sure Boaz will take care of this soon. Well, Boaz did. He didn't wait long. He said, I will redeem you. I will be your redeemer. You could tell he likes Ruth back and he wants this to happen fast. So he gets up that day and he goes up to the gates. The threshing floor there must have been down away from the city a little bit. But he, he goes up to the gates of the city and he sits down and he waits. Because again, the gates of the cities where all the business took place of the town and all the businessmen would walk back and forth and everybody. This is where if you want to bump into people, you hang out at the gates of the city. Well, lo and behold, here comes the kinsman. Here comes the guy who is closer in relative to Naomi and thus has the rights to marry Ruth. And Boaz is thinking, please say no, please say no. And he sees him come and he says, hey, friend, 
how are you doing? And the friend says, great, how are you doing? And they chat and he says, hey, come aside and sit down here. And he sits down and he says, here, w w wait a second. And then, then he goes, hey, Frank, come here. And here comes Frank and he sits down. Hey, hey, Dave, come here. And Dave comes and sits down. Hey, hey, Steve, come here. Hey, Joseph. He in the end gets 10 elders of the city. They all sit down together. And I wonder if this friend was like, what is up with this? This kinsman who was just walking by. And now Boaz is sitting there with 10 elders of the city. And Boaz says, listen, my friend, listen. Naomi has a piece of property through her dead husband, Elimelech. And I was wondering, I would like it. But if you would want to own it, it's yours. You have the first right to refusal. And what Boaz is doing is he's dealing out a transaction here in front of 10 elders so that it attested this is what happened. He wanted 10 men to say, yes, Boaz and this man, they made this deal and he wanted this thing done right. So they're talking away and the kinsman is like, hey, I, I wouldn't mind that field. Yeah, I think that would be good. Yes, I want the first rights of that field. I will buy her field. All right, says Boaz. And he's thinking, I've got a plan. This whole thing's coming along. He goes, all right, fine, fine. Well, listen, when you buy that field, you also end up gaining Malon's, Limelech's son's, Moabite wife, Ruth. So you will become to her, her new husband. So you get the field, and with the field, you get Ruth. Is that what you want? Are, are, are you cool with that? This is the big question. I don't think Boaz really cares about the field. I mean, he's wealthy already. What he really wants is Ruth. And he's trying to think of a strategy to make this man maybe think, I don't know if I want the field, and I don't even know if I want Ruth. And he's hoping and he's praying, Lord, I like Ruth, please. I can imagine inside he's hoping and praying. And the man says... Well, if I buy the field, that means I have to have Ruth, and I have to marry her, and she has to become my wife. And then any offspring I have, this is what the man's thinking, any offspring I have with Ruth then, then becomes the inheritor of maybe half my property, and I want all my property to go to my current sons and family. And he's like, no, 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 I, I, I can't. He says to Boaz, he says, no, no, you take the field. I, I give it to you. It, it would endanger my property. And I'm too afraid that if I have to marry Ruth, I'd, some of my sons would not get the property. No, no, no. You take this field and you take Ruth. And inside, Boaz is like, thank you. This is awesome. And I'm sure he's doing a little dance inside. But to confirm the deal, he stays calm. And the other kinsman, the other relative who just rejected the field, he takes off his sandal and he gives it to Boaz. And he says, this sandal is proof that this deal is done. It says there in Ruth chapter 4, he drew off his sandal and gave it to Boaz as a way of saying, this is honorable, this is the deal. And those ten men saw this relative give the sandal to Boaz. 
The deal is done. It's like signing on the dotted line. It's like signing the contract. Ruth is his. Let the party begin. So, of course, I'm sure, you know, Boaz gave him back his sandal. And then all the partying began and Ruth became Boaz's wife. And they had a child named Obed. And Obed then became the father of Jesse. And Jesse then became the father of David. And you can see then through Ruth comes Obed, comes Jesse, comes David, and then down the line comes Jesus. And all the women of Bethlehem come together and they start celebrating with Naomi when Boaz and Ruth get married. And then when they have a kid named Obed, they give the baby to Naomi and all the women come around her and say, you are no longer empty, Naomi. You are full. Think of the rejoicing and how happy things are. And yes, it is great to see how God took care of Naomi and Ruth. And Boaz and Ruth lived happily ever after. I mean, I'm sure they had their fights. I'm sure Boaz was a workaholic and, you know, he worked too long. And sometimes Ruth would be like, hey, you know what? You need to come back home more often to hang out with me and Obed. And then Naomi would probably be a pain to hang around, but they'd have to take care of their mother-in-law. And maybe she grumped around too much because she was a bit of a negative Nelly. I don't know, but I'm sure they had their normal fights as any couple does. But Naomi who came empty, is now full. Ruth, who was a widow, is now taken care of, married to Boaz. And all of that gives us two major beautiful things. Number one thing. Trust God. Do what is right. Ruth could have gone back to the Moabite gods. Ruth could have said, you know what? I'm out of here. I'm not following Naomi. Though I like her, she's okay. No. Ruth says, I'm going to put my loyalty and trust in this God that Naomi seems to follow named Yahweh. And I'm going to be a follower of Yahweh. And I'm going to trust him. And where Naomi goes, I go. And it says in the end that to Naomi, Ruth was... Better to her than seven sons. That's how powerful Ruth was. I mean, that is quite an amazing thing to say about your daughter-in-law, especially in that day. Back then, the big thing was to have sons. But it's essentially saying here in the book of Ruth that no, Ruth provided for Naomi more than seven sons ever could have. Why? Because Ruth trusted God. Because Ruth put her loyalty in God. Said, I'm going to follow him. And the second thing is, Jesus is our kinsman redeemer. And in many ways, this, this whole story is just a beautiful picture of salvation and of grace. Boaz and Ruth produced Obed, and Obed produced Jesse, and Jesse produced King David, and then from David came Jesus. 
They ultimately produced Jesus. And without Ruth obeying God and following Yahweh, we would never have Jesus. But because Ruth was faithful, we have Jesus. And Jesus is the ultimate kinsman redeemer who gives orphans and widows hope. We, I, am an orphan. I am the son of the devil, essentially, right? I am headed towards hell. I am headed towards ultimate destruction. I am leaderless. I am lost. I am wandering around in the dark. And then Jesus says, I will redeem you. Come be a part of my family. I will be your kinsman redeemer. I will be all you need. And so I choose Jesus. I say, I'm going to follow you the rest of my days. I ask you to save me. And then he becomes to me my kinsman redeemer. And he redeems me from the way I was going. And I'm now part of his family. And he gives me a future. And he gives me a hope. And he gives me six measures of barley every day, every minute. He gives me more harvest and more grain than I ever deserve. He gives me offspring. He gives me grace. He gives me future. He gives me all those things. Why? Because he loves me. Because he cares for me. And I just want to say, if you've not accepted Jesus as your Savior, that Jesus can be your kinsman redeemer too. He can be your wonderful Father. And someday, the Bible says, Jesus, the groom, is going to come down and return for his bride, the church. And all those who have accepted Jesus as their Savior are part of the church. And we are his bride. And he's going to be our groomsman, our husband. And it's a beautiful picture of his love and passion for the church. And so is this whole idea of a kinsman redeemer. A love and passion for people who are without hope and lost. He provides us joy instantaneously he provides us hope instantaneously he provides us everything we need instantaneously why because he chose to nothing we deserve nothing we've done nothing we do that deserves that sort of love no book of ruth is a beautiful picture of the gospel and i hope and pray that maybe through listening to this, one of you has decided to, to pray and to say, Lord, I, I repent of my sins. I've been making some wrong choices. I've been doing things I shouldn't have been doing, and I leave all that behind, and I ask for, for forgiveness, Lord. I repent of my sins, and I choose you. Please save me. I want to become your son. I want to follow you. I want to be loyal to you the rest of my days. And if you pray that... And ask him to save you. The Bible says, all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Just do it. Become part of the family. And then Jesus becomes your kinsman redeemer. Thank you for listening to Baldhead Bible Podcast. 
If you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. You can comment on our Facebook page or email us at baldheadbible at gmail.com. If you would like to support this podcast, please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash baldheadbible. Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life. New episodes added every week.